Hello, everybody, and welcome to week three of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tampa Drop, here with the only two twins that will start over if they need to. Michael and Jason Patrop. What's good, boys? <laughs> I start up, over dude? when I need to, yeah. Um, before we get started on the show, just want to do a little plug. Right now, you're listening to the number set. No, I'm sorry. Number 12 overall fantasy analyst on Fantasy Pros last week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Michael and Jason, stop clapping so loud. Uh, no one can hear anything. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Michael, Jason, please stop oh, clapping. Yeah. So loud. That is right. Number 12. Jason, for quarterbacks, finished number one was overall. Good. Number one, number one. Oh no, there was no better fantasy analyst when it came to quarterbacks than Jason. I was number seven in quarterbacks. Jason also ended number twenty-four overall. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven overall. Sorry. Bada boom, bada bing. We are out here. I get fours and sevens confused. It's always been that. That's the second great news of the day. The the first great news of the day was my wife made some banging turkey burgers today banging and i love them but if you want to support us because look we i'm a teacher jason's in law school michael works for a big time fantasy company and you know this is our second job now we put in the hours and we that's why we're able to do as well as we do but it's not our first job but we want that to be the case so if you want that to be the case for you and i because we'd love to give you episodes every day maybe multiple episodes every day we'd love to do live streams on the weekends we'd love for this to be uh, this to be our profession uh to do that patreon.com slash broto fantasy we it's not just support you get extras you get the extra episode you get the patreon you get uh access to leagues you get tons 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 more than that uh, brotofantasy.com as well as where you can support us with our articles and our stats. Patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Uh, before we begin, just want to shout out everyone because for, for me, you know, when we started this, uh, you know, we were just fantasy guys who liked to play fantasy. That was four years ago. We've turned into fantasy analysts. We've evolved. And I feel like our calls are evolving with that. And we'd like to have our circumstances evolve as well. So if you can help us in our evolution, we'd be forever grateful and you would be part of the beginning of something special. Uh, so with that being said, you guys ready to look at week three, part one? You Always. know it. Three, two, one. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Every new beginning is some other beginnings and comes from some other beginnings and oh, what I'm is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's how, you know you're that's how you know you're quarantined because at the end of every single bar night in New York City, I don't know if this is the, all over the country, but every single bar night in New York City ends with that song. It's the perfect day. It's the perfect song to end the bar night with. When I was in college, and shout out Fitz, Fitzgerald's, uh, the college bar that I spent a lot of money in and got a lot of drunk in um, for always playing that, and I knew it was time to go home. Um I would go home, and after a few drinks, I'll tell you what. Maybe you're going to have a lady over, maybe a man, whatever your preference is. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm looking a little wolfy. I got to jump in the shower. You're drunk. 
You might nick yourself. Boom. Well, good thing for you. Support for the Brodo Fantasy Pod Football Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over technological developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I got to say, even if you're drunk and you're you're messy down there, this thing is like almost nick-proof. It's amazing. Um, No one wants to get nicked down there. I am completely fresh. Um, And they got a whole bunch of other stuff, like ball deodorant. You never thought you need ball deodorant until you actually have it. And it's not like it smells like a Guido walking down the street. It's like it's nice and subtle. Um, They have anti-chafing boxers and tons, tons, tons more. Right now, get 20% off on Manscaped.com if you use the code BRODO. That's B-R-O-T-O in all caps. BRODO is the code. B-R-O-T-O. Get 20% off and free shipping with that code at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code B-R-O-T-O, BRODO, all caps. And finally, as well, we are brought to you by Party Belts, the official belt, the official championship belt of the BRODO Fantasy Football Podcast. Party Belts are the most affordable way to have a good time in your league. You could buy 10 of these belts for the price of one of these annoying, giant, good-for-nothing belts that really don't make a difference. You can buy... Something that looks just as good with a strap that fits everyone, with two pouches that hold beers, a completely customizable front. I mean, it's yeah, it's amazing. Plate. They also have they also have different belts that you could have just because they ha- we gave away a Patrick Mahomes belt the other day on Twitter. Um, they they have Kansas City Chiefs belt. They have college team belts. If you want to be at the college tailgate whenever that opens again, and you want to hold up a belt to your team, well, guess what? This is the way to do it affordably, especially if you're in college. 15% off with the code B-R-O-T-O. 15% off with the code B-R-O-T-O. All caps. No cap. That's bang, it. Bang. And that's uh, it. That's, and that's how we do it. And that's how we run through ads. Now it's time to run through the league. Week Yo, three preview. Michael, what's up? This is the last time until the fantasy playoffs that we're going to have a full slate of games. Oh shit! Bye week start next week. It gets yep. intense next week. Although this week kind of seems like a bye week with the with the injuries and the amount of guys who are like one week fill ins on the waiver wire, it kind of has that feeling of a bye week kind of week. There's buys week thirteen now. I'm bugging. There is. There was last year too, right? That's mad late. It is very late. Jeez. The the Jets have a really late bye this year, I believe. Yeah, they, they should just stop playing. They should buy the rest of the season. Which Fucking joke of a team. Four. Us. Um, all right. With that being said, you guys want to get into this Thursday night game? Yep. The Thursday night matchup. And this one, I think, is going to be a, a quite the doozy. I think that this is going to hit the over uh, in Vegas. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, a shootout. Dolphins at the Jaguars. This is a game where if you're a casual fan, you're like, oh, what is this? These two teams both suck. They're not in major markets. Da 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 da. They have a history of sucking. Well, these two teams also have pretty prolific offenses and defenses that have been slashed and gashed in the early going this season. So with that being said, let's get on to the Dolphin side. I want to start with Miles Gaskin. Um, he's someone that you did not expect. You expected Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. But 
there needs to be a certain point where you realize that Miles Gaston is the starter in this backfield because it just is what it is. Yeah, but what does that mean to me? I we'll get to this in just a second. I just want to say, Miles Gaskin ran 28 routes last game, seven targets. Jason is on the end of I never want Miles Gaskin because I can never trust him. Michael's on the side of Michael's Gaskin. Miles Gaskin is a good ad. Um, you should add him. I think for this game, and I'm not that that was on the waiver show where we we're talking about that. For this game, I like it because. He is against a good matchup. So I am starting a running back in a situation where I like a running back in this situation. Uh, it's really as simple as that. I have him ranked in my top 36. I think that he is a not a, a great flex play, but a low-end flex, flex play. Uh, Jason, since you were you know, getting in there, why do, why do you disagree? Because he's the new Cole Beasley. I don't give a fuck about the guy who's going to give me 7 to 12 points weekly, especially when he's on a bad team that doesn't really run the ball. He had seven rushes last week, so what you're banking on is him catching the ball, and he's a small guy. The Dolphins don't score many touchdowns, so there's not really a touchdown ceiling there. So what you're getting from Miles Gaskin is nine points. Like, his expert consensus ranking of 39 right now makes no sense. Because he's going to be higher than that. He's going to end up in like the 30 range. I have him at 31. That's where he's going to end up. He's going to score that many points. But I don't want that. I'm not going to start him. Like unless I, I really got hurt by injuries and Christian McCaffrey, yada, yada. And I need to put Gaskin in. He's a safe bet. But I like to take upside shots. And Miles Gaskin is the complete opposite of that. Dude, you can't just ignore the fact that he's playing over 60% of the snaps though. And is getting the majority of carries and targets. And Jacksonville, let's not forget, they got absolutely demolished through the air by the running backs when they play when they played against Indy Week One. And Tennessee, not really, but that's because Tennessee doesn't really utilize their pass catchers out of the backfield. I I think starting with starting nice and spicy, Jay Gaskin's going to be a better play than Jeff Wilson this week. Oh, oh, put it down as a bet. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we already have a bet. Jeff Wilson Ooh, is oh, yeah. definitely going to outscore Miles Gaskin. It's not even going to be close. I, I actually signed with Jason on this one, but I'm going to stay away from this bet, and I'm going to let you guys duke it out. I'm going to let the Twins fight over While we're on the topic of Dolphins running backs, Jordan Howard's line this season is fucking hilarious. 13 carries, 11 yards, two touchdowns. Like, if you ever saw a guy that it's basically said your only carries are going to be within the five-yard line, that's the stat line right there. Like, you can't for even real. blame him for his yards per carry because he can't get more than that. <laughs> Remember Marion Barber? Of course, the Barbarian. The Marion, the Barbarian Barber. He would only get touchdowns. He would be the the shadiest flex start in um in like standard when touch where touchdowns are everything. John Coon. Uh, yeah, I think he's like he's like him now. He's like there's a goal line, give it to him. Uh, nine rushes, seven rushes, four targets, seven targets, fourteen touches last game, man. I, I mean, you got to like that. You got to like 14 touches in a game where I think there's going to be a lot of offense. Uh, so, Michael, I mean, you like him better. Let's let's move on from Miles Gaskin because I think that he's like a low-end flex play. So, I mean, you're not excited about playing him, but if you're in a pinch and you lost a guy and you didn't want to spend crazy numbers on the waivers for a guy that's only going to give you three weeks, I think Miles Gaston was a, is a nice little start this week to make up for your woes. Um, what about Ryan Fitzpatrick? 
I, I like him to stream here. The Jaguars are susceptible, and he slings it around. I think he's a good streamer. I'm not going to stream Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is another week where there's a decent amount of guys that are interesting on the waiver wire for me to just completely ignore someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I'd rather start someone like Joe Burrow or uh, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, someone like that, Jeff Driscoll even, rather than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good point. I, You're gonna, it's going to be too taken. dependent on touchdowns. He threw the ball 47 times against Buffalo. I don't. The Jacksonville runs a slow offense. They've been efficient. I don't think we're going to see Fitz get even close to 47 throws. So you're going to rely too much on uh, on touchdowns. Uh, let's go over to the wide receivers. Uh, Preston Williams, only one catch last week. I mean, the Roto World blurb seems to be really high that Williams is just like, oh, yeah, he was just facing Tredavious White, and that's why he sucked, and don't worry, he'll be fine. Only one catch last week. I, I mean, it shocked me when I read it. I'm not going to lie. It's like, there, he's definitely a wide receiver three play. Like, I don't know. Let's don't know keep ignoring is. that Preston Williams is a UDFA who had a decent start to his career who then got injured his rookie season. Like, well, what? Also, he also... He did. He went up against Stephon Gilmore week one, and then seventy for seventy four percent of his routes was against Tre'Davious White week two. So it seems like opponents are shadowing him rather than Parker for whatever reason. And C.J. Henderson, the rookie, has been one of the best cornerbacks in the game since he uh, since he entered the league. It's only been two games, but he's been super impressive. So if he's going to be on Preston Williams. Why would you want to start Preston Williams? That means Devontae Parker is going to eat. Parker was supposedly going to be really limited and shit with a hamstring injury. And then he comes out, plays 88% uh, of the snaps, gets eight targets, finds the end zone, goes over 50 yards. I like Devontae Parker as a upside wide receiver three, even wide receiver two play this week. And Preston Williams again, I'm just like, why would you want to dive back into that until he does something? Dude, There's I was no going to... I was going to say, am I missing something with Devontae Parker? Like, he's ranked as the 33rd wide receiver right now. I immediately put him up to 21. Like, he's not on the injury report anymore. So you'd think he's over his hamstring injury. On the season, he's caught 9 out of his 12 targets. He has over 100 yards and a touchdown on those targets. Last week, he was wide receiver 19 in half PPR. And that's what he was doing with Fitz when he was healthy in the past. And now they're playing Jacksonville. Not a very daunting matchup. Like this is the game you drafted Devontae Parker to play. Yeah, you don't need to get cute. Um Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, you can't really start them. Let's go on to Mike Kosicki. Is this real? The Jags so far this year, by the way, have allowed 13 catches, 198 yards, and two touchdowns against the tight end. A lot of that came last week when Jonah Smith completely tore them apart. You saw Gasicki have a great game. Everyone was on him. Michael may have conceded defeat. On Gasicki on the Monday night episode, how do you feel about Gasicki in this game? You know, Tim, I did put Gasicki. I did say maybe, maybe he's not going to be not usable the entire season, like we expected because of his slot usage. But the dude actually, his snap percentage went down from seventy three to fifty five percent. He just happened to be targeted all the time, basically, when he was on the field. And let's not forget, 
the Dolphins were down the entire game and were in comeback mode, and all of Gesicki's numbers were in the second half. So, is it is it appealing? Yes, like, Gesicki is appealing in a matchup against Jacksonville. It's a very good matchup. And he did, even though he only played 55% of the slot, uh, excuse me, percent of the snaps, three quarters of those snaps, he was in the slot, which is great, basically the uh, slot that's receiver. A, that's, a, that's amazing. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not just jumping into the Gesicki pool and saying I was completely wrong. Start Gesicki. He's a star. But I do think he has – he's interesting. You should add him if he's available. I think he's more of a high-end tight end two this week, though. Like, I'm not – I wouldn't feel super comfortable rolling him out there. Uh, let's go over to the other side, Jason, unless you want to add anything. Fitz threw the ball 47 times last week. Again, like, I think we need to note that. That's not always going to happen. So – there's some streaming appeal there. You could start him. I still have my tight end 15. I'm not completely sold yet. Um, let's move on to the Jaguar side. Gardner Mishu, I, I like him as a streaming option this week. Um, I think how good he is depends on DJ Chark's health. DJ Chark did not practice Wednesday. and If this was a Sunday game, I wouldn't be as worried as, as I am now. DJ, DJ Chark questionable this week. How do you feel about uh, Gardner? Did you see the the back and forth with Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick about mustaches and beards? I did not. Um, Minshew, I, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick said that he's jealous of the beard and he only has a mustache and and, Min- and that beards are better. And that Minshew said, uh, I have to concede defeat and respect my elders, expect- especially when they're super elder. That's great. <laughs> yeah, Tyler. so like... A, a little, little, you know, two of the two guys that seem like are guys that I want to get a beer with. So Dude, uh, going at it. With that being said, Minshew, I'm starting him happily this week. Like this guy has been awesome the first two weeks, and yes, he might be down DJ Chark, but first off, Chark has only drawn seven targets this year for Minshew. So if he loses Chark, obviously it's a downgrade, but I think the offense will be able to operate anyways. The Dolphins are the only team in the league allowing over 14 yards per reception, per completion. And Byron Jones has been ruled out again. What Byron Jones went down on like the third play of the game against Buffalo, and it was all downhill from that defense after that. Like that, that was a joke against Stefan Diggs and John Brown. And the Dolphins have allowed nearly 100 rushing yards to Cam and Josh Allen. They're letting quarterbacks run on them. And Minshew uses his legs, too. Cam and, Josh, Cam and Josh Allen. Yeah, but only 19 rushing yards his first two games, but we saw Minshew run last year, too. Like, he always got... He never really disappointed too much in fantasy because he'd get you that floor from rushing potential as well. So I'm super high on Gardner Minshew this week. I have him at QB9. Wow. I will say this. and I think in that, that analysis is sound, but I think you're forgetting the fact that they don't have designed runs for Gardner Minshew. The other guys have designed runs. Doesn't mean he can't scramble. He runs no, all the you're time. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying, like, it's a little different. Um, So, DJ Chark, questionable this week, as you mentioned, but he's been, it's been a questionable year from him. You know, seven targets, seven catches all year. Are you worried? Are you nervous? They have been productive targets, so let's give him that. But there is something to be said about the fact that this isn't new in the offense. The Jaguars had, I think, four or five receivers exceed like 80 targets last year. This is how their offense runs. And last season, Chark was a clear number one. It's not that clear anymore. So it is a little disappointing. I'm not giving up hope yet because he still has had the most productive targets. So hopefully 
they feed him a little bit more. And it's not like, look, Keelan Cole's been very good this season. LaVisca Chenault's also not just a wide receiver. He is actually one of three players. I want you guys to try to guess the other two. Who is lined up at quarterback, running back, slot, out wide, and in tight this season. Who are the other Curtis two players? Samuel? No, not Curtis Samuel. Robert Woods? No. One of them Russell is Gage? super obvious, guys. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, thank you. Russell Gage? The other Antonio one Gibson? is harder to guess. Harder to guess because it's less expected. Kyler Murray. Huh. Well, oh. Has okay. also lined up in those spots this season. So, when we're looking at the offense, like, Chenault is good, but he moves around a lot. Keelan Cole has been good. Chris Conley will get some work. Tyler Eiffel will get some work. But I, there is going to be opportunity there for Chark. So, I'm not panicking just yet. He has been good from what he's seen. Um, of course, keep up with our Twitter tomorrow to see um, what happens with his health before the game. Um. Even if Chark plays, I kind of like Cole. Uh, I've been on the Cole, Cole train since the beginning of the year. I think he's being slept on hardcore. Leads the team with targets and catches through two weeks. And if you look at their head coach, I mean their their offensive coordinator, it's a guy who has had productive wide receivers at that size and that skill level. Think Pierre Garçon. Think Deshaun Jackson. Guys like that who Keelan Cole kind of fits that mold. So I think Keelan Cole has a place in this offense. I don't think it's... It's going to be, I don't know, I, I think that he might have a, a good shot of being a wide receiver three pretty consistently throughout the year. Now, he's uh, he's not going to wow things, but I think that he's has a role in this offense and it will continue to show. I concur, Timothy Petropoulos. Um, <laughs> right now, I have Chark at 37, depending on health. Um, I might move him up. I just don't know how healthy he is at the moment. But I have Cole at 43, Chenault at 44. These are guys that are going to get some work. And I think this can, like you said, be a surprising high-scoring game like the Browns and Bengals was last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I really have uh, I a... I got Keelan Cole at 38. I'm a little higher than on, on Keelan Cole than you guys are. Not that much. Um, what about, yo, a little love for Tyler Eifert maybe? He had six targets last week. A touchdown. I was going to say, I was going to bring him up. Is, is it kind of crazy that I kind of like him in this game, too? He caught a TD this week, last week. When they had you to know, throw he, the ball, he they were they gave him the jump ball in the end zone. And I was going to I was gonna say about Tyler Eifert, I'm glad you bring him up. You know how we always say tight end? You can't look at, oh, this team is good against tight end. You really need context to see what tight ends they played against. They've went up against the Bills and the Patriots. Obviously, two teams that don't really utilize their tight end, but Dawson Knox caught a 38-yard pass, and Ryan Izzo caught a 25-yard pass. So if there's going to be big lanes opening up for Eifert, all he needs to catch is a couple, find the end zone on a 30-40 to 40 yarder. He's, an, he's actually a pretty interesting streamer for me this week as well, especially if Chark is out. This next game that we're going to is the Washington football team. And- yes. Mr. James Robinson, my man. Oh, shit. We forgot about James Robinson. How can we forget about James Robinson? Shit. Uh, James Robinson touched the ball 20 times last game, including four catches. Um, He's like one of the safer running backs right now. It's kind of crazy. I think that James Robinson is a very good play this week. I also think he's a sell high. He had four catches, so you don't necessarily see it. But he only played on one third down last week. So Chris Thompson's taking that roll back. Osgibo and Armstead are going to come back eventually. Robinson's been good. He's seventh in the league in yards after 
uh, contact at the moment. So he's been very good. I like him to start this week because he's going to get the groundwork. You'll probably see some targets even though Thompson is getting a role. So I have him as a top 20 running back. But I also think he's a good sell-high candidate. I agree. I definitely agree with Jason here. Because you're gonna you you have to assume that the Jaguars aren't gonna be leading in every game either. So Chris Thompson's snap count did go up to forty one. It was a really down week one for Thompson and then his snap count went up and Robinson's went down. So if it's closer to like a sixty forty split where Robinson gets early work and Thompson gets pass catching work, then Robinson might become a little touchdown dependent. But for now just ride it out and I like him a lot this week against Miami. I think he's a solid wider excuse me, running back too. Yeah, I have him ranked at a running back too as well. Uh, question for you. I got this trade in a patron league. Um, someone offered me James Robinson for Deontay Johnson. I thought it was a very interesting trade. No, uh, I didn't accept it, yeah. but yeah, you guys, it, but those are ty- two type of guys who are like on the, on the up and up. So I get it. And I really need my RB two is Ronald Jones in that league because of injuries. So, oof. uh, oof, uh, I gotta, I gotta start, uh, I thankfully I'm two and oh, so. We'll see. Um, let's go to the next game now. Washington at the Browns. This is the opposite of the last game we are talking about. I think this is going to be an under game. I think both of these defenses are underrated. This is not as good as a matchup as people think. The Browns have a really good D-line. They get pressure. They will get to Haskins. Same on the other side. The D-line for Washington is amazing, and we know that, Gar- that, um, that Baker Mayfield struggles when he is pressured. You're not starting Haskins, so let's go on from there. Antonio Gibson. Is it Antonio Gibson's season? 14 touches last week for Antonio Gibson. Is it is it time? Is it is it is it time? Dude, not only 14 touches for Gibson, but Peyton Barber went from 10 red zone touches and 17 rushes to one snap. One snap. And one, one single touch. snap. I mean, McKissick still played 44% of the snaps, so McKissick's still there. He got a couple red zone touches, which is annoying as well. But, I mean, Gibson, he got stuffed at the goal line, which sucks, but he did end up scoring a touchdown in the game, 65% of the snaps. They're clearly turning this into Gibson's backfield and just going to let the man do work. So, I mean, his upside is limited because it's Washington, but if he's going to be getting 15 to 20 touches a game, you got to, like... You got to like Gibson. He's certainly on the up and up. Like, he's going to be a decent flex play. And, and if he starts progressing, maybe even like a weekly RB2. Also, wow. to note, it's only two weeks in, and this is an efficiency stat. So, exercise it with caution. But Antonio Gibson is first in forced missed tackles per touch. So, he's been very elusive in his young career. Um, Speaking about young career, Terry McLaurin. Had a great game. Ended as wide receiver four last week. Yeah, Michael, we told you to shut up. Yo. We did tell you, we did tell you that. Yeah, I think he heard me call him a stock down and got upset. Dude, I'm telling you, but he had to do that. He was the entire offense. That's what he did. That's why you like him. That's why you like him. Exactly. I mean, no, I mean, I get it. It's just you got to bank on this guy getting 80% of Dwayne Haskins yards every week. That's a, that's a hard bet for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm betting on it. Uh, but like this week, he does have a tough matchup. Denzel Ward is what he, and Denzel Ward has been great this year. The question, the, the, the factor here that I didn't think about, uh, that I eventually figured out former teammates at Ohio state drafted in the same year. So they got to practice against each other a lot. Um, 
the question is, who does that work to the advantage to? Does that work to the advantage of Denzel Ward? Does that work to the advantage of Terry McLaren? I, I, I Terry McLaren's a tough person to rank this week because of that factor. Like Denzel Ward can know all of his moves and shut him down, or no. Terry McLaren can know all of Denzel Ward's moves and light him up. Like you, the, both those things could happen. To that, I say fuck that. Look, not everyone is prime Revis. All right, people talk too much about cornerback matchups, in my opinion. Um, Ward is good, but it's not like he's been shutting down the entire world. And if AJ Green was even 30% of who he was two years ago, he would have had a very good day Thursday night. So I'm not um, too concerned there. So I'm firing up Terry McLaurin, man. They're going to have to pass. He's seen 17 targets in two games. And with the landscape of wide receivers right now, he's an easy wide receiver too, even a borderline wide receiver one. Yeah, he's I currently have wide receiver 16 right now. I have a wide receiver 14, so actually higher than you, Tim, this week on McLaurin. I texted Tim and Jason this the wide receivers this week with all the injuries and shit and the matchups are a crapshoot. Like yeah. the, we are going to have a crazy week. I have all of our rankings are going to look you're probably going to see names in rankings that you're not used to seeing, but there's some great matchups, there's some bad matchups, there's some injuries going on. Gotta love fantasy football, man. I will say this. Uh, I, I can't speak for all three of us, but I can tell you this. We're at the time of year where it's, I think it's too early to make assumptions about defenses yet. I think after four weeks is where you can make that. Now you can make educated guesses. Like this this team got torched by a tight end, so maybe they get torched by a tight end again. But you don't know their tendencies yet. So if you're in between two guys and one of them's a great matchup and one of them's a great talent... Uh, and like has a great role in the offense. I'm still going with role in the offense and talent over I am matchup at this at this point until about week four. That's what guides me. So just putting that out there, just to just food for thought. And he um, also doesn't have that much competition. No one's taking Steven Sims too seriously, right? Um, so I, my notes on Steven Sims are nah. Yeah, the the next best option in that offense right now, besides McLaurin and Gibson, probably. Is Logan Thomas. And honestly, I can't wait till we release true values because I really want to see Logan Thomas's true values because I'm pretty sure he's going to be a guy that, even though he's seen 17 targets this year, he's going to be ranked outside of the tight end, the top 18. It's going to be my it, guess. It's crazy because no tight end has received a higher target share than Travis, than besides Travis Kelsey, than Logan Thomas. So. But it's Dwayne Haskins' targets. Like you said, we really got to get this true value going because I'm super interested in seeing it too. Yeah, the only reason why he was usable week one, he ended up finding the end zone. Can't really bank on that all the time. So, Because his yak is, um, not his yak, his yards per reception is super low right now. He he has eight catches on the year for almost 60 yards. So it's not really, he's an interesting matchup guy in a good matchup this week. But you could probably like I prefer Mo Ali Cox, for example, if you're gonna try to stream. Facts. Uh, let's go over to the Brown side. We know that Baker Mayfield struggles when there's pressure on him. This is a tough matchup for him. It, unless you have to start Baker Mayfield, I'm staying away. So unless you guys have something else to say, let's go on to the running backs. No, the running yeah. backs. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I actually, in my rankings, have Kareem Hunt ranked before uh Nick Chubb. It's a I have them back to back. Yeah, I took the plunge. I have the back-to-back, though. It's not like uh, I'm not going that hard. I have Kareem Hunt at 13, Nick Chubb at 14. Here's why. I think this is a very good D-line in Washington. And they have held 
running backs down this year. Now, the two running backs that they have are the Eagles backups and Kenyon Drake. So they haven't phased a bruiser like Nick Chubb yet. And they're like a speed type line, like a NASCAR package, right? They're they're sack artists. They don't necessarily stuff the run. They're not there's no 350 pound behemoth in the middle of that lineup. So um I think that Chubb could have a good game, but I think Hunt is definitely going to have a good game. I have Hunt ranked above him, like I said. I think it's going to be a dump off to the running back type of game. I think that Nick Chubb is going to see pressure. I mean, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield is going to see pressure a lot, and Kareem Hunt is going to be the benefactor of that. I see high volume for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he catches 10 balls. I think Kareem Hunt has a good game here. Um, but, yeah, I think Nick Chubb is an RB2 this week. I'm not sold on um, Hunt being the superior option to Chubb just yet. I'm still not even completely sold on Hunt. He's just so talented. He makes the most of what he gets. But if you look at what they're doing this season, Kareem Hunt has run four routes as a wide receiver all season. At the end of last season, he was doing that 12 times a game. Uh, Nick Chubb has run more passing rounds than Kareem Hunt, even though he's been targeted less. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Kareem Hunt's going to get the receptions if Baker does have to get rid of it quickly. I'm not completely sold on Kareem Hunt yet. I like him as a wide receiver uh, as an RB2 this week. I, I have him at 21 just because their offense runs through the running backs. It's a Kevin Stefanski offense. I do still prefer Chubb, though, because he is the he's the number one on that team. And if you look at... Dude, if you look at their PFF grades, it's hilarious. Like, Chubb is 6th, Hunt is 13th. Hunt is 2nd in missed tackles. Chubb is 11th. Hunt is the leader in yards after contact. Chubb is 4th. Like, these guys are just so good. Embarrassment of riches. Yeah, um, I, I but, agree with Jason, though, in that... I'm, I don't know. I'm a little weary about Hunt this week. Just because Chubb... I mean, we saw Hunt get, like played like five snaps the entire first half. He ended up having a huge second half, and he caught that touchdown at the end of the first half, but it was all Chubb. And then Hunt ended up playing like 30-something, 34% of the snaps last game. So it was really a lot of Chubb and not that much Hunt. Not something we are used to seeing, but still, it's it's concerning it to only see 34% of the snaps despite that he was had such a good game. And Washington's best attribute on our defense is that defensive line so i wouldn't be shocked if they just decide let's put eight people in the box every play and force baker mayfield to throw so i mean i, th- I just think the upside like don't expect last year's out last week's output i i agree with you i think that the upside is there though because i think this will be a running game i think that uh even if they do stack the box i'm not sure that they could stop chubb and hunt um even if they do and I have more confidence that they can stop the wide receivers. Let's go to the wide receivers. OBJ so far in his Browns career has been a big play guy. Like, whether you like to admit it or not, OBJ has been the guy where if he catches a long touchdown, you're going to be happy you started him. If he doesn't, then you're not. Um, so I think this all depends on Baker. And if you're asking me to bank on Baker's protection – to give him time to throw it downfield to OBJ against the Washington defensive line that has caused and wreaked a bunch of havoc. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I'm, I'm down on him uh, this week. I have him outside uh, uh, way under consensus uh, this week. I can't find him on my list right now, but I have him way under consensus. I don't really like OBJ this this week. What, do, what about you guys? Same here, Tim. I have him at why, did you at 20, why did you at 25 for me? I have him at 31. Oof. And I have Landry at... 42 like what's the what's enticing you into this offense right now the fact that it's a create uh kevin stefanski offense 
because they use the running backs. The fact that they have Chubb and Hunt, the fact that Mayfield hasn't looked good. Like, first of all, OBJ was down on his touchdown. So if they did rule him down, then he would have ended with nine fantasy points on what looked like was going to be a huge game because he started the game with that long catch. Like you said, he's basically like Robbie Anderson of the past, except like Robbie Anderson of the Jets, except with a better name at this point. He's a big play threat. I don't love him or Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is a boring guy who's going to get a few looks, but in a low-volume passing offense, he relies on volume. So it's another guy I don't really like this week. Yeah, I'm completely off Landry this week, too. Like, I, I don't find... There's no appeal for me with Landry, especially, with like, the injuries he's dealing with. He hasn't even played more than 71% of the snaps yet this year in a low-volume passing offense. Big pass on the tight ends, too, unless something drastic changes. So, no thank you. I think yeah, Austin look, Hooper's Landry, not really involved. Landry only has nine targets so far this year. And if you look at Landry, you got him as a safe slot player because of his volume. When you, if you drafted him, he's not even seeing that volume. So, I mean, Jarvis Landry, I like if he has a couple more like this, I, I think he's a cut candidate. Speaking of cut candidates, Hooper, Austin Hooper, Michael, you mentioned on the Monday podcast that, or no, or was it on the waiver podcast, that you're willing to part ways with Hooper if the right tight end goes on the waiver wire. How do you feel about Hooper in this game? No, absolutely, just completely pass on him. They're asking him to block all the time, and they're not really using him in the past pass is that where's nascar coming from is that jason's window or michael window michael's window that was me brother of course it was nascar out that window is like a it's like a tradition in broto now like you know how when you go to sleep like if you if you live by the train like if you move away from the train and it's quiet you can't fall asleep i feel like that's what broto listeners are going to be like listening to other podcasts be like where's the motorcycle noises um (laughs) Raiders at Patriots is our next game. Josh Jacobs, let's start with him. He's the star. 30 touches again. Had a pretty productive game. Um, it wasn't a great fantasy game because he didn't he didn't get in the end zone, but uh, had a good game. Was there. His floor is really safe. This Patriots defense is not the same defense that it was. It, it doesn't scare me anymore to look at Patriots defense against running backs. Uh, at the moment. Now, this could change as the year goes on, but I'm I'm starting Josh Jacobs with supreme confidence. The Patriots went from looking like a star defense per usual against Miami and then getting exploited against Seattle. You cannot find two polar opposites like that. Like, And you're trying to figure out if this defense is great or not. Of course, they got torched by Seattle. Seattle is unreal now that they're letting Russell Wilson cook. Hashtag let Russ cook. And, of course, they played well against Miami because Miami's offense sucks. So I'm with Tim. I'm just rolling Josh Jacobs out there. He's looking like an absolute stud. And, like, the Patriots don't have the big names up front anymore that they had with all the uh, players who left and opted out because of COVID. Their secondary is a strong suit. So, I mean, I don't want to touch anybody pass catching or Derek Carr. But Josh well, Darren Waller, I do. I mean wide receivers. But Josh Jacobs, yeah, I mean, you're firing him up happily because this dude is the whole offense, basically. Edwards, Ruggs, Renfro. Jason, do any of these people appeal to you this week? No, man, and that's the thing. Like, people are arguing who the better rookie uh, Raiders wide receiver is, who you should draft. The answer was always nothing because no one, neither of them, because Derek Carr is the quarterback. And 
Henry Ruggs is going to break off a touchdown every now and then. And Brian Edwards probably isn't even going to do that. So you don't need to worry about those guys. You know who the number one tight wide receiver on their team is? His name is Darren. His last name is Waller. The Walrus actually ran 14 routes out of the slot or out wide last week. 14 routes tight. So he was half tight end, half wide receiver last week. And Derek Carr just force-fed him the ball. That's the way they're going to... Look, they're 2-0 right now. Somehow, some way. Um, living off of Jacobs and Waller because they're hiding Carr. So I don't think they're going to change their offense. That's just what they're going to do. One of the things in the offseason that we fought about, you and us two, uh, us three, was you guys thought Darren Waller was going to take a step back. I thought he was going to take a step forward. Um, I thought there was going to be some concern about his targets, but Terrell Williams got hurt, and then they traded Lynn Bowden. It, it's looking like Waller's the only option at the moment. <laughs> right now, Cam Newton is the number four quarterback on the year. Um, we mentioned Cam Newton as someone that has late round appeal, um, and that could happen. This could happen if everything goes right. And so far, so good, man. He's been rushing like crazy, just like old Cam. He's on a one-year deal, so I wouldn't be surprised if they run him into the ground. And he looked good passing last game. There's not really anything to go against Cam right now, so I think Cam is a great start. This is a pro-Cam anti-running back tweet. Um, Cam Newton, the Patriots as a team have six rushes inside the 10. Cam Newton has five of them. Boom. Like, you don't need to touch the running backs. Cam Newton is their number one running back, which is what I was saying in the offseason about Sony Michelle. The only person in the league who has more rushes inside the 10, Clyde Edwards, hell yeah. And that was week one <laughs> when everyone couldn't stop talking about how he was getting stuffed at the goal line over and over. So keep firing up Cam Newton, man. Um, what about this backfield? You mentioned hate for the running backs. James White, oh man, just a terrible thing that happened to him. RIP to James White's dad. I hope his mom's doing okay. I hope, I, you know, the family's in my thoughts. Uh, James White, dude, oh, man, I can't up. even imagine. It's fucked up. Um, Rex Burkhead did well in his absence. Sony Michelle is Sony Michelle. Um, are you starting any of these guys against a Raiders defense that probably is susceptible? I'm not starting a single Patriots running back the entire season. I don't care. If they play against Northeastern University, I don't know. I think a Patriots running back, Sony Michelle, in his career against Northeastern, bro. Like Jason said, Cam Newton is the goal line back, and those guys, Sony Michelle is a bum. Like he's really bad. Burkhead is is all right, but he's like an old vet at this point. Like, come on now. And if James White returns, he has a super limited ceiling. I'm just. It's it's a bad play, period, trying to start any of these Patriots running backs ever. And am I, I dumb? Imagine. Am I missing something again? Or is Julian Edelman a thing? I, Hold on. I understand what he did last week. Right? I get it. But he's ranked 24th right now. I have him at 48. Like, I couldn't be more off. Dude. 48's a little low. The Seahawks lost their slot corner, Marquise Blair. They lost their safety, Quandre Diggs. So they had two backups in trying to guard Julian Edelman. He didn't do anything until the end of the game when all he was doing was running crossing routes. And for some reason, the Seahawks couldn't stop it. Cam Newton's not going to throw for 400 yards every week. Julian Edelman's not going to see that many targets. He was still only third in wide receiver snaps. His week one performance of... Give me a sec. 5-57 and 57 is much more... In line was of what I expected to see. I'm lower than consensus on Julian Edelman too. I'm he's at number thirty two for me, but damn. 
Dude, it's him. like, because like Jason was saying, though, Edelman had one catch for eight yards at halftime last week. It's not like the Patriots are going to be throwing for 400 yards every week. That was that was the outlier. Game That's script. not what's going to be happening. Same thing goes for Nikhil Harry. I was very down on this offense. Week two made me look dumb. I'm just... I'm just going right back into the boat of not trusting these wide receivers. I have Edelman outside my top 36 as well. If he proves me wrong again this week, like he did last week, fine. I'll, I'll move him up. I'll, I'll bite the bullet. But not against Las Vegas. I don't care what anyone says. He is not having a big game against Las Vegas because the Patriots are going to be leading, and they're just going to be running the ball. I just imagine Bill Belichick when Cam Newton was a free agent and – you know, all this time was passing, and they're gonna allow him to get, to allow him to sign with the Patriots for a minimal money. He's just like, you all allowed me to get a quarterback and a goal line running back at the same time. Sure, that's for less than one million. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's definitely what was going through Bill Belichick's head. All right, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Ryan Izzo. Okay, that's enough. 49ers at Giants is the next game on the agenda. Um. It looks like, it looks like um, what's his name? Jimmy G is going to miss the game. Looks like Raheem Mostert's going to miss the game. It looks like Tevin Coleman is going to miss the game. So that means it's Nick Mullins, it's Jarek McKinnon, and it's Jeff Wilson. So let's start with these running backs. I'm on the Jarek McKinnon train. I think that Jarek McKinnon is going to have a great game. I am also on the Jeff Wilson train. I think that Jeff Wilson will have a great game. I don't think he'll be as great as Jason thinks he'll be, but I think that he will be great. Uh, Jason, tell us what you think. I don't think I'm that crazy, man. I have him at running back 24. I'm at 27. So Why is that I, wild? I, I have McKinnon, McKinnon at 24. I have McKinnon right behind him at 25. Like, I get that there's just some guy who's never really done much in his career, but last season he had five touchdowns on 27 rushes. Every one out of every five touches, he was scoring a touchdown. He was the running back vulture on that team. And then the top two guys go down. Small sample size. But Jeffrey Wilson played five of the last six snaps once Coleman left the game. The only time McKinnon saw a snap was on third down. The role he's been playing, third down back. And this is a Giants offense. And a sh- uh, defense and a Shanahan offense. Kyle Shanahan will literally use whatever running back is in front of him. He will make both of them viable. And the Giants' defense is not good, and their offense is not good. Daniel Jones is a turnover machine, and everyone just ignores it. I don't know why, because he'll throw a nice touchdown to Darius Slayton every once in a while. But all he's done is turn the ball over in his career, which means good uh, things for this offense. Yeah, I, I honestly think Jeffrey Wilson, like, I, I want to put a bet down that he's going to score a touchdown. I'm that certain that he's going to score a touchdown this week. He's been, he was the goal line worker last week, last year that was the reason why everyone was so, like, hesitant to pick up Raheem Mostert and had to see him do it over and over again before they really committed to Raheem Mostert. Like, he got touchdowns last year. The San Francisco Chronicle thinks that he's the one that's going to be the, the main first and second down back, and it's going to be McKinnon in on third downs, and I could see that happening. I like McKinnon in and on the third down roll a little better, especially with the young quarterback. 
But Jeff Wilson is going to get burned. I agree with you, Jason. I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to do I well. like bold predictions. I tweeted, you're going to wish you were a patron when Jeffrey Wilson goes for over 102 touchdowns on Sunday. I saw that. I don't know. I don't know if I like that one. He's going to be touchdown dependent. Uh, I'll, I am going to say that. I don't but, think so. He's going to get work, man. I mean, but I do, I, I do like, I think Wilson's a decent flex play. I don't like him as much as Jason does. I do like McKinnon in the RB2 conversation as well, like a fringe RB2 flex guy. Something to note with the pass catchers. Well, first off, Kittle or Reed, whoever's healthy, good play at the tight end position, especially with all the injuries uh, on that team. The wide receivers obviously are just not trustworthy at all. But Kendrick Bourne caught three passes once Nick Mullins came in. Someone, uh, basically the only receiver that Nick Mullins is like comfortable with. So that was that was interesting. I'm not gonna trust. Kendrick Bourne this week, maybe like a DFS start throw type play because if he has a, if he if him and Nick Mullins have a connection against the weak Giants defense, not for nothing though. James Bradbury is the second ranked cornerback in PFF, so Bradbury's finally actually looks like he's turning into a very good cornerback. Seven years after ESPN said he was the best cornerback in the league, but yeah, I don't really want to trust anyone on that team, pass catching wise besides the tight end. Reed Reed is another good streamer if he's starting and you got to start Kittle if uh if he's why decides. I love the running backs I, I I agree with you guys I think Kittle or Reed whoever starts is a great play um and McKinnon's a great play because Nick Mullins I just think Nick Mullins is going to have a hard time um completing passes but this is a Giants defense that you can complete passes on so he's gonna have to complete passes who's he gonna give it to he's gonna give it to his tight ends he's gonna give it to his running backs so I think that they're both good plays uh anyone else in this game anyone else on the 49ers that you want to mention no, I no. don't. I don't want to touch Ayuk. Or... Let's go over to the Giants. Um, obviously, the Saquon Barkley injury is the biggest pressing issue, but they also lost their uh, "quote unquote" number one tight end. I mean, um, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, which leaves Golden Tate, and which leaves Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton has Man. had success in games like this. Do you think Slayton hits a big one? Tim, I'm I'm upset because I was on Darius Slayton basically throughout the majority of the offseason. And then I saw all this stuff about how Darius Slayton was not as effective when everyone was healthy, and I kind of backed up off of him. And that was stupid because no one's ever healthy on the damn Giants. <laughs> Darius Slayton's just going to keep balling out as, like, the main pass-catching option. Now Barkley is out too. Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram are going to see as many targets as they could possibly handle. Like, Richard Sherman's on IR. They just lost Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa. We just saw Chris Hogan and Braxton Berrios have usable games against San Fran. This on paper looks like a really bad matchup. I like Slayton a lot this week, and I think Ingram, Ingram as well has some big-time possibility to finally break out because people are so low on Ingram right now. I think he's a huge uh, buy-low candidate. He's seen 15 targets and has played 97 and 98% of the snaps, and now everyone is hurt. Like, this dude is a pass-catching machine. He just needs to get on the same page as Daniel Jones. I agree. They don't have running backs either. And those are going to be their top two options. I have Evan Ingram 10 above consensus at tight end 4. And I have Slayton 13 above consensus at wide receiver 17. Like, these guys are the only two options right now. Golden Tate, fine, sure. But last week, Slayton paid 58 snaps. Ingram 63, Tate 40. I have Hawkinson and Ingram in our home league, and I have no idea which one to start, and it's pissing well, me off. Good, good matchups. Both of them got good matchups. Uh, um, 
Is Daniel Jones a shady start for the reasons that you just said, Michael, with all the injuries on the San Francisco side? I wouldn't. He just has not been good this season, so I'm looking elsewhere until he shows any sort of improvement because he's just continuing his ways of make one good play and then make four straight boneheaded plays. Uh, let's go to the backfield then. You got Deion Lewis. You got I think Deion Lewis is the guy to play if you're going to play anyone this week. Um, they just signed Devontae Freeman, but he's fresh off the, the sidelines. Now, he is a, a veteran, so there is a chance that he just comes fresh off the couch and just comes in and, and runs the ball like crazy. Um, but they also have Wayne Gallman. Uh, he could get some snaps. How are you guys feeling about the backfield here? I have... Go ahead, Michael. I got, Michael. I got Lewis at RB34. I mean, it's not like Freeman's going to walk in and just take the job. And Wayne Gallman, he's going to steal some work. But Deion Lewis has all the pass-catching appeal as well. Like, I have Deion Lewis ahead of someone like Zach Moss. Like, I'm not... I'd rather start Deion Lewis for that upside with all the injuries there and the fact that he's going to be at least the lead guy, in my opinion, for this week, like where he plays the majority of the snaps. Obviously, there's some risk, but I think he's an interesting flex play because I don't really see Freeman having a huge role, and Gallman is Gallman. Like, Deion Lewis is going to get mixed in on rushes and get all the pass-catching work. See, that's where I disagree. That's why I think you just stay away from this backfield. We don't know what Devontae Freeman is going to come in and do. And then Wayne Gallman was a healthy scratch because he's going to be the lead guy if Barkley gets hurt. The Giants beat reporters said he'd be the next man up. And Deion Lewis is the third round back. And then the 49ers defense, yeah, they lost some people. But look what the other New York teams scrub ass running backs did against them. Nothing. Frank Gore and his old ass self had 21 carries and 60 yards or something. So it's not even like it's a good matchup there. So I'd rather just stay away if I had to pick one. It's Coleman. All right. 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 Anyone else on this team that you want to talk about? No to the no, no, no. <laughs> Let's go on to our fifth game, the Texans <laughs> at the Steelers. The Steelers' defense is fucking nice, guys. It um, is. And I am afraid to play people against them, particularly a guy like David Johnson, who hasn't proven to me that he can handle top-flight competition just yet. So if I'm a J- David, if I roster David Johnson, I've paid a high price for him, and I'm going to start him but I want to start him and I want to close my eyes and just hope for the best. Yeah, uh, I agree. David Johnson last week played 95% of the snaps with Duke Johnson out and absolutely sucked for your fantasy team. And that's why I did not like David Johnson the entire offseason. Like everyone was claiming David Johnson is back because he had a good game against run run funnel defense Kansas City. And then he sucked last week, and now he gets another brutal matchup against Pittsburgh. I have him as my running back, where is he, 24? I feel like that's his ceiling, honestly. I don't even know if I like him there. I I think he's more of a flex play this week than he is an RB2. I mean, Pitt's defense has been amazing, especially against the run. So that's, it's just, it's not a good week for David Johnson. I have him at running back 20, and I'm thinking about dropping him down a little bit. Not going to lie. Jason, how do you feel about David Johnson? I think that he plays. He played more snaps than any other running back in the NFL last week, uh, snap percentage, and he was do-do. Um, <laughs> dude, the Steelers are first in blitz rate. They're first in pressure rate. Deshaun Watson's problem in his career is that he holds the ball too long. So I think this is just going to be an ugly game all around. I don't think David Johnson is going to be able to make the miss, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to get ambushed. 
So well, let's talk about Deshaun Watson because Jason, you we were just talking like on a brother to brother level, like not about anything, and you you brought you brought something up to me and you asked me a question like is it time to even start thinking about that hey maybe Deshaun Watson was so nice because he had DeAndre Hopkins to throw to and I'm not of that school but he looked shell-shocked uh last week and Will Fuller did Will Fuller things as always he left in the first quarter with uh, an injury he came back after halftime and was a complete ghost was not seen at all uh, Brandon Cooks did all right, but he doesn't look like the number one guy. Um, Watson, Fuller, Cooks, how do you feel about these guys? Look, Deshaun Watson is obviously a very good quarterback, but as I said, he has always held the ball too long. So in the past, if you hold the ball too long, but you have DeAndre Hopkins to bail you out, even if that happens two times in one game, that's two drives that you can now potentially score instead of punt. And that's a big deal in the NFL. So there's definitely a drop-off since DeAndre Hopkins left. And for that reason, I do not want anything to do with Deshaun Watson this week. I know you drafted him to start him, but sucks for you because you shouldn't. So please don't. And now Will Man, Fuller. I just want to say the schedule makers for Houston really screwed over Deshaun Watson. To go from Dude. KC to Baltimore to Pittsburgh is unreal. Really bad. And then next week they get a hard matchup too, if I'm not mistaken. I got to pull up their, their schedule, but go ahead. Keep talking, but I'm going to pull up their schedule real quick. I was going to say, though, Will Fuller left the game in the fourth quarter. So let's not act like his disappearance was, like, because of injury. Maybe he was injured before that, but he left the game in the fourth quarter. On the bright side, he's not on the injury report anymore. And then on the other side, Brandon Cooks came back to life. He's actually a decent player again, apparently. Five catches, 95 yards. What we expected him to do, we were we said he was a... We, we wanted him drafted as a wide receiver three preseason, and that's what we wanted from him. Five catches, 95 yards a game. So that was a good sign. Will Fuller's healthy. These guys can be started as wide receiver threes. This matchup is just not going to be a good one. Uh, they get the Vikings next week, so definitely an easier task. And then the Jaguars, another easy task. But then they get the Titans and Packers, who good defense and a good secondary there. So... Um, you know, they get a little break and then back into a gauntlet a little bit. Um, let's talk about Jordan Atkins because Jordan Atkins is a guy who we liked this summer, but then, uh, they signed, uh, the other tight end. What's his name? Darren uh, what? Darren Phelps. Guys, you, you guys both said that twice at the same time, back to back. That was, yo, it was, it was like, uh, listening to like, like 8D music in my headphones. Um, they signed Darren Fells back, so we didn't really like him. But then now Jordan Atkins is getting all the burn, and he caught another seven passes, I believe, last game. Dude, yep. Jordan Atkins is one of those guys that, again, kind of like Keelan Cole that no one is talking about or needs to be at least on a roster, right? Yeah, well, first off, Aikens, Tim. Aikens. It's not Secondly, like No, it's Aikens. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, I mean, the dude's back-to-back playing over 80% of the snaps. And they are thirsty for some playmakers. And if Jordan Akins is going to be getting that many snaps and seven targets a game in the Deshaun Watson offense, he should not be on the waiver wire. He's someone we've been saying to pick up for cheap. Uh, Pittsburgh is not a good matchup. I'm not saying start him this week. But going forward, like against Minnesota, that could be a very a very good spot there for Akins. Yep, uh, I agree. Uh, let's go over to the Steelers side. Guys, there's only two players in the NFL that have a 30% target share or higher. 
One of them is Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Who do you think yep. the other guy is? 30% target share? No. <laughs> Logan <not>. Thomas? <laughs> no. Uh, DeAndre no, Hopkins? Is... Adam Thielen. Oh. Ah. It makes sense, right? But I, there's something to say there because Adam Thielen is like the only option there. It's the power of Big Ben, man. Big Ben is back. He makes wide receivers go. Deontay Johnson, another 13 targets last week. I don't know, man. I I think he might be on the rise to start him. The yeah, rise I'm... to start him. I thought you said start him, and I was like, obviously you're starting him. No, no, the rise Yo. to start him. I have him as wide receiver 21 in my rankings. I have week. him at 13, bro. 13? Holy shnikey. I thought I was high on him. Jesus. I got, Jesus. I got Juju and Deontay at 16 and 17. I have my 12 bad. I and 13. At, I got him at 19. I got him at 19. So I, I'm lowest on him? How is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Dude. The dude is a target machine, and he gets Houston. Sign me up. Same goes for Juju. Same for Juju. I, I love Juju this week, too. He's at 13. Both of these guys, like Houston does not have this secondary that you have to be afraid of. And these two guys are clearly the main cogs in that offense. And I'm just happy to have them. If you have them, be happy. Fire them up against Houston because I expect both of them to have very solid days. Uh, and DeAndre if you're looking Sorry, and if you're looking for another option, it's becoming more and more apparent that Chase Claypool is going to pass James Washington eventually. Yeah. Last week Claypool only played 7 less snaps in Washington and caught that long touchdown. So Claypool as NASCAR passes again. Yeah, I would say that's that's Claypool passing by DeAndre, I mean, um, So keep an eye on Claypool because it's not like Ebron and Vance refrigeration are real factors at the moment either. So there is room for a third person on that offense. Ebron did have five red zone targets last week. So that that is a uh, – not red zone targets, excuse me, five targets. Yeah, he's the so dude. That, that's interesting. He went from two to five. Five red zone targets would be amazing. He did not even have a red zone target. But, yeah, he did have five targets. So maybe he starts getting more involved in the offense. But as of now, I agree. He's not someone I'm really interested in. Eric Ebron scores a touchdown this week. You guys want to bet with me? Yes. Yes. I, I, this is how he's going to do it, too. Uh, hot oh take. Oh, my goodness. What is this? It's going to be a strip sack of Deshaun Watson. Goodness gracious. Around the 10-yard line, and Ebron will get in. If this happens, play the point. lottery when it happens, please. I don't need to play the lottery. It's going to happen. Jeez. Okay. I'm a fortune teller. Um, let's talk about James Conner because uh, <laughs> <What's-> <laughs> people thought Ian Snell was better than James Conner. <laughs> Tim just said Ian Snell. But that is what took us so long. This is how we should have started the the preview for the Steelers. Ha 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 to the ha ha ha. What the fuck are you doing if you think that <laughs> Benny the doo ass Snell was going to take over the job from James Conner when James Conner was healthy? Like, what makes you think the Steelers are just going to go to a running back by committee all of a sudden when Mike Tomlin's never done that? Literally everything about common sense said, what are you doing? Start James Conner. Even like Matthew Berry tweeted, oh, it sucks that Conner did this while everyone was benching him. It's like, what? who was benching him? Yeah, no one was benching him. Why were you benching him if you were being told to bench him? I mean, people were starting Benny Snell, man. Benny Snell. Four touches and a fumble, Benny Snell. Negative negative points last week. Um, I mean, I I wish I was on the preview show last week. Uh, Honestly... I couldn't be the, on it, but I was. I started James Conner over Melvin Gordon. Like I, I, I was all in on James Conner last week. 
I wish I could find that little Nicky, um, that scene from Little Nicky, uh, when that dude blocks him and go get that shit out of here. <laughs> that's how I feel about the people who just decided Betty Snell was better than James Cotter after like eight snaps. Yo, Michael, that's that was a fantastic <laughs> reference. Um, let's let's move on to the next Woo! game. Oh, we we like James Cotter in this game as well. We just get we just kind of gloated about what we said last game. All right, let's go over to the Rams. At the Bills, dude, this is a good one. These are two good teams. I am very much excited to see these. Um, the leader in the league in receiving yards right now is Stephon Diggs. And Josh Allen is at 70% completion percentage. He did play the Jets and the Dolphins without Byron Jones. So there is a grain of salt to be had. If he can move the ball and this duo can move the ball like that against Jalen Ramsey then we're talking about a Bills team that's dangerous. I am all aboard the let's find out if this is real Josh Allen week because he gets to the Rams, whose defense, they played against Dallas and Philly, and the defense has looked very solid against both those teams. The pass rush, the secondary, the Rams are looking like a good team this season, as I expected. I said grab Rams, they're going to win you fantasy leagues this year. Jared Goff has been going in. But anyways... Let's see if Josh Allen is actually turning into a superstar or if he was just really, really taking advantage of the two trash teams he played against because Miami, they even lost Byron Jones on the second play of the game, which destroyed them even more. The Rams have a good defense, man. If you have Josh Allen, you are 100% starting him because of how good he's been the first two weeks. If you have Stephon Diggs, you are 100% starting him because of how good he's been the first two weeks. I even think John Brown is a good wide receiver three here as well. Because if Ramsey's going to line up on digs, that leaves a lot of space for John Brown to operate. Just don't be shocked if this is the week where the Bills disappoint you. I'm, I'm is, ready. To, I'm ready to. I'm ready to see. Is Josh Allen for real against a good defense? Yeah. Well, are, are you? Are you? Are you starting him, or are you like looking 100%. at a different guy? Like, where do you have him on your QB rankings here? I have my QB six with his six. Okay. With his so, rushing yeah. ability too. I'm. You got to roll him out there. Okay. And like Michael Jason. said, right now it's hard to bench the leader in receiving yards. But things are going to get harder for the Bills, like Michael said. Um, Stephon Diggs has the second most difficult schedule going forward, according to PFF. Now there's only two weeks in, so that it's still raw data. It's not necessarily the second hardest. But it just goes to show that the matchups are going to get harder. Um, going up against Jalen Ramsey this week, if he kills it again, then I will concede defeat on Stephon Diggs. But we've seen people be great for two weeks and then not be that great. So I, I want to see what he does this week. Uh, John Brown, Michael mentioned already. Um, let's talk about these running backs, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Another disappointing week for the duo last week after a disappointing week. I mean, Zach Moss had the touchdown, so, you know, the Moss truthers were out. It It's tough because this team, Josh Allen, is such a big part of the running game. And last week, they didn't need the running game because it was a shootout. And people don't remember because the Bills are getting all this hype, but, like, the the Bills had to play to the last second to win that game. Like, Miami gave them a run for their money. So, with that being said, uh, how do you feel about the running backs? Look, it looked like there were some type of roles going forward after week one, but that's why it's only one week because last week, Singletary and Moss split the red zone work. 
unlike in week one where Zach Moss was mostly the red zone guy. We also can't forget that basically Josh Allen is their number one goal line running back at the moment. So what we're looking at is two guys splitting the work of a running back that even if they were one person wouldn't have that much touchdown upside. In an offense that doesn't really throw to the running back, But too. because they're splitting the work, they're kind of touchdown dependent. Well, they do. That's not compl- entirely true, Tim. They do pass for the running back. I mean, they had 11 In- targets week one, four targets last week, single target. Four, four, four targets, is more like it. Targets. 11 targets, I would say, is... A, is I, off the top, I, like, I don't have the numbers from last year, but I, I bet if you look at the numbers from last year, I bet you 11 targets is not the expectation. It's the outlier. No, but I mean, they, they do involve the running back in the passing game, though. That's like their third option behind the two wide receivers. They don't use Dawson Knox. I mean, well, Cole Beasley's involved, too, but you can't say that they don't involve the running backs in the passing game. Not enough to make it so that two running backs can get targets and you can like it both. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I don't I don't like either of them this week, either. I think they're both flex plays. I prefer Singletary because he gets more burn. And he had two red zone looks last week to Moss's zero. Moss had 10 the first week, man. It's like Moss is clearly like a touchdown-dependent option, and I, I'm just I'm not cool with starting a touchdown-dependent option against the Rams, who uh, his, their defense has looked very solid to start the season. Like Michael mentioned, Dawson Knox is not part of the offense. Uh, you need him to catch a touchdown, and you, you're not never betting on that. There's much better options at tight end. So let's go over to the Rams. Um, Robert Woods last week was not that involved. He had a touchdown that... Uh, set him off. Uh, even Cooper Cup didn't have a great game. So these wide receivers did not have great games. It was probably because Tyler Higby was was robbing all the touchdowns. Um, but with that being said, Robert Woods, is this a bounce back game for him? I have him at, at wide receiver 12. I think he has a good game here. The good part of a Sean McVay offense is that wide receivers move around. I so, was just about to say that, Jason. You're, you, I, you know, I love you sometimes, bro. I love you, man. Ew, gross. No, but uh, <laughs> like... Because Tra- Tredavious White is the obvious concern here. But if Robert Woods moves around, if Cooper Cup's moving around, there's going to be times where Van Jefferson or um, Josh Reynolds. Fucking Josh Reynolds are the guy seeing Tredavious White. So I'm not too concerned. Even in a game where Robert Woods didn't see that many carry, uh, touches, he had three carries. Like, they're going to get him involved. Last week was a little weird, but I'm still firing up Woods and Cup. Um, I'm just going to do it. We've seen too much from this offense to to fade them. Just do it, man. Yeah, I got them as both both as wide receiver twos this week. Cooper Cup, the touchdowns will come, man. People who are freaking out about Cooper Cup, the, people, the reason people are freaking out is because he was coming off the field at the end of last season. That's not the case to start the year. He's playing just as much as Robert Woods is. So, I mean, relax. His, his, he'll come. He'll come around. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup is one of the, uh, a buy low candidate. If I'm, uh, I agree. And Tyler mean, Higby, fire up the man, Tyler Higby. They just got, oh yeah. They just got torched by Mike Gesicki. The Buffalo Bills are a good defense, so I don't expect them to get torched by a player every single week. But I mean, Gesicki did just put a number on them, and Tyler Higby is coming off a game where he caught all five of his targets and scored three touchdowns, like. Like we said, Gesicki, uh, excuse me, Higby is a huge part of that offense, played 86% of the snaps again, clearly ahead of Gerald Everett. Shocking. So I'm firing up Tyler Higby this week as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Tyler Higby's a great play. I, I was also just going to add Cooper Cup and Jared Goff were like historically efficient with touchdowns in the past. 
I don't think it's just going to disappear. Cup's still going to find the end zone. For sure. I think it was a, a Higby game. And for all you Higby haters out there. Uh, <laughs> 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 he thinks that Gerald Everett. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, coming out. Am I crazy for liking Daryl Henderson this week? No, let's go to let's go to Daryl Henderson. I like Daryl Henderson this week. I don't know about his long term. Someone dropped sixty two dollars on Daryl Henderson in our home league. Now we have one hundred fifty dollars fab, so that it translates to to roughly like I would say like forty forty two dollars. Wow, okay, forty two dollars, uh, forty two dollars. But yo, that's a lot of fab on Daryl Henderson. I mean, it'll it'll be worth it this week. I like him this week. I like him this week too. Look on the low. We all know that um, Cam Akers is dealing with a rib injury, but on the low. Malcolm Brown had surgery on Monday for a fractured pinky. And what does Malcolm Brown do? He played 83% of the team snaps on third down. Now, a pinky fracture might not be a big deal if someone's handing you the ball. But if you're trying to catch the ball, it's probably a bigger deal. So if they try to limit his touches because of this broken finger that he had, then that means less third down opportunities, which means who's going to be the guy getting the touches? Daryl Henderson. Interesting, Jay. I I knew he hurt his finger. I didn't know he got surgery. I mean, a pinky finger, like you said, not a huge deal for running back, but if Henderson's getting third down work, then it could be. I know Akers is more than likely going to miss this game. So, yeah, I thought I actually I think I'm going to move. Henderson up a little bit now that you bring that up, but I do it's think funny. I just did. I, I just moved him up from 32 to 26 as Jason. That's was funny. Speaking. I mean, look, I could be looking too much into it. Like, for example, the only bone I've ever broken in my life is my right middle finger. And I didn't even know it was broken. I just kept living life with my finger in a little pain. And then I went to the doctor and they took an x-ray like six months later. And they were like, yeah, it was broken, but it healed on its own. So, so like, there's always that type of fracture. I don't know what oh, type I'm of fracture it was. I'm Jason. Look how cool and big and strong I am. <laughs> I didn't know I broke my finger. I broke both of my pinkies. And, I'm um, just saying. I, I would play tackle football on the beach of Highlands, New Jersey, and still be a fucking animal. Uh, I, it, that's the same, right? That's the same. Absolutely. Um, I do agree. Malcolm Brown is, with the injury, he's even more of a question mark this week. Even with, like, put that on top of the fact that his snap percentage went down from 60 to 54 and Henderson shot up and even with the Acres injury, I'm just I think he's more of a low end flex play. He's gonna be touchdown dependent. Let's get to our last game of the first slate. It is Titans at Vikings. Man, the Vikings are a fucking hot mess. And because of that, I want all 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 of these damn Titans. And again, somehow I have Ryan Tannehill ranked seven. That is ten above expert consensus. These experts don't learn. Ryan Tannehill's fucking nice. And he's playing against a Viking secondary that's absolutely terrible. I think that he is going to light it up yet again. Um, A.J. Brown might play, might not play. It is unclear at this moment. He didn't uh, practice today, Bra- so I'd guess not. If A.J. Brown plays, then I like him even better. But even with Davis, Humphreys, and Jonu, I like this passing offense against the Vikings secondary. That sucks. Yeah, that team is just despicable at the moment. Like you said, you just named everyone. I agree. I'm starting Corey Davis. Uh, Adam Humphreys has some appeal. Hold on. He's you're really... starting Corey Davis? If A.J. Brown doesn't play, hell yeah. Out, you're not starting him as a wide receiver yeah. three? Nah, man. Jonu Smith is the number one receiver when Well, yes, I'm Brown starting Jonu Smith. I mean, Mo Ali Cox just had the best game in PFF since Gronk 
against Minnesota and put up over 100 yards. Obviously, I'm starting John Dude, what Smith. the? I mean, I like PFF, but sometimes it's like, come on. Like, really? Mo Cox had the best game ever since Gronk had one of his best games ever. Come on, man. Do you watch it every snap? Did you watch all I mean, the snaps? Did you watch all the snaps? Shit was impressive. A, yeah, he he's an impressive guy. But you're telling me it was the best game ever since Gronk's best game ever? Come on. He also dropped a pass that resulted in an interception in the red zone. So uh, that's just like a minus 10 just from the jump. But anyways, yeah, I'm starting Johnny. Why wouldn't you start Corey Davis as a wide receiver three against Minnesota? They're Because he's to do. By everyone repeatedly. He got five targets last week. He got bailed out by a touchdown. I'd prefer to start Adam Humphreys. What? You're crazy. Dude, Humphreys last week had six targets, also found the end zone. How would, just... you, how would you start Humphreys over Corey Davis, though, man? Because we Davis... know Corey Davis isn't good. We've seen him in this role before. He doesn't perform. He was also up against C.J. Henderson last week, who I said has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league Come so far. Come on with C.J. Henderson, man. I mean, I th- I mean, do you want to bet Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys? I mean, I have them back to back at fifteen fifty one. So if you could flex them if you want. I'm just, I'm not just Jeez, like throw so- them as wide receiver threes. I I I am with Corey Davis and I, Humphreys. Humphreys, I think, is a decent flex option as well. I am also with Corey Davis. I think Jason has just been too, uh, too hurt in the I've past. Been hurt, man. Court. I'm in heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> we talked about jo- Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith's a great player. Jonu Smith is my tight end. Wait for it. Three. Whoa. Three. Jesus, Louisa. He is my tight end six, so not quite as high, but he's my tight end high. seven. He's my tight end seven. Um, all right. So we all like him, is the moral of that story. Let's go over to the Vikings. Yo, guys. Well, we wait. Know- Derrick Henry. Oh, duh. Derrick Henry. So. No rushing touchdowns for the whole entire Titans team. They've scored six touchdowns this year. All of them have come off the arm of um, Ryan Tannehill. The Vikings will have allowed two running back touchdowns in their two games. Is this the week that Henry finally gets off the schnikey? I hope so, man. He's been inefficient. Like, he... 31 rushes for 116 yards. It's a lot of yards, but it's 31 rushes. 25 rushes for 84 yards. It's even worse. He got five targets in the last two games. Basically, they throw him a screen pass or two every game. You want to see more, and he's always been a late bloomer. Like, even in games, he's better in the second half, and in season, he's better in the second half. This is a good matchup for him. With A.J. Brown out, too, I I just expect him to finally find the end zone. Yeah, I mean, if you have Derrick Henry, obviously you're starting him. I do think you'll you'll be happy about it. You'll be happy about starting him this week. He should find the end zone and be be the the Derrick Henry we all know and love. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's go over to the Vikings now. Um, yo, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Kirk Cousins after the game where they got absolutely dominated and he uh, got a safety and he threw a terrible interception. His first thing was. About talking about how he's trying to make more improvisational plays and that he thought he made a lot of good improvisational plays in this game. If Jeez. Kirk Cousins being improv is what you're going to bank your team on, then good luck. Let me tell um, you this too, man, because the Vikings have played Green Bay and Indy. It's not like they're playing the best defenses in the world, and Rock Yassin was a late scratch as well for Indy. Like They've had one good offensive quarter basically in garbage time against Green Bay the entire year. Even Dalvin Cook has 
he got bailed out by a touchdown last week and was awful in the first half of the game. I don't know what's going on with that offense, but this is another reason why I was fading Adam Thielen because I knew games like this were going to happen where he, he gets looks and it's just it's not his day. And I'm firing up Adam Thielen again this week because, like you said, him and who was it? The target share over 30%. Who was the other guy besides Thielen, Tim, who was a uh, target share over 30%? Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Thielen, that's a huge target share, and he's the clear number one. He runs a route every single time Kirk Cousin drops back to throw. So I'm firing up Adam Thielen, but that offense is just oof. Oof is the only way to put it right now. All right. Um, that is it for our first slate of games. We will get into the second slate of games immediately following oh, this one. We need to my... discuss the tight ends. And Dalvin Cook, you fuck. I wow. don't understand I, what just happened I, there. Yeah, I don't I don't understand either. Go ahead. Discuss, guys. I'm going to take a timeout. I need to go in the corner. Unfortunately, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph um, are still splitting snaps and are splitting very limited targets. So the Irv Smith breakout is going to have to wait till probably at least next season, it's looking like. Dalvin Cook, on the other hand, even when he has a bad game, gets bailed out by a touchdown. Um, he's been the running back 8 and the running back 17 and half PPR the last two weeks. You're still looking for that breakout game. And, you know, Tennessee's been a very good offense this season. Not the best defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin Cook has a pretty beast game this week. I I would be a little surprised if he has a quote-unquote beast game just because of the way that offense is currently operating. But it is a decent matchup against Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee has played against Denver and Jacksonville and both running backs were able to find room against them. So I do think it's a good game for Cook. I'm firing him up. But I feel like that when you drafted Cook, you were expecting, like, huge potential every game. If this offense doesn't turn it around, he might have a lower ceiling than you hoped for when you drafted him with such a high pick. Yeah, I think no one expected the the uh, the offense to be this bad. Yeah. This bad. They're, they're really looking like they're missing Stephon Diggs. They, they need another guy out there. Jefferson, maybe he's that uh, eventually, but he's not that yet. And Bissy Johnson is not that. He probably never will be that. Um, Irv Smith has kind of been eh. Rudolph, eh. Like none of them have been nothing special. And like they don't even they don't even like really show up on the game. So it's like I don't know. Do you like anyone in this offense besides Cousins, Cook, and Thielen? And do you have and you have lower expectations for Cook than before? It's just uh, and they're playing a Titans team that is a good defense. I don't know. I'm, I uh, it's going to be hard for me to play Vikings that are not named Cook and Thielen in this game. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no way you should start anyone else besides those two. All right, Michael. Now tell them who you are. I brought off of Mike. Jason. I brought off of Jason. Find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. BrotoFantasy.com for everything Brodo Fantasy. Um, bro- Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy to support us. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at Brodo Fantasy to get our updates. These are recorded on Wednesday night. We try and do this late Wednesday night. So you could have this uh, either late th- Wednesday or early Thursday. But there is a lot happens on that Thursday and that Friday. And you're going to get our updates on how we have adjusted our thinking on Twitter. So at Brodo Fantasy is going to be where you can find that. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Manscaped.com, B-R-O-T-O is the promo code for 20% off and free shipping. And PartyBelts.com, 
B-R-O-T-O, all caps, is the promo code, 15% off. That's it for us. Later. Later. Peace.